You're listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. Visit us online at knowthecause.com and join the conversation at facebook.com slash knowthecause. I'm joined again with I, I, probably my best friend. Uh, I have been blessed with friends, but every time I have the pleasure of getting together with this guy, it's like we're 10 years old and we're walking to school with a lunchbox and a backpack and we can't get enough of each other. Uh, Kyle's wife is wonderful. His son is one of my best friends. Uh, our family loves him. Evan and Ethan are in love with Kyle. And, and Kyle's uh, in love you. with them. And I love this family. And thank you for coming in, man. This thank is, you, uh, man. This is so much fun. Kyle... One of the problems is when I'm speaking to doctors, as I will be this weekend, giving them continuing medical education, I'm off to Orlando, um, at a big meeting of doctors. Doctors have to have so much continuing medical education to keep their license. Who'd have thought little old me, you know, would be giving continuing medical education to doctors, but I've been asked by the the heads of these organizations who have learned about my work, you know, there's 28 doctors and Doug Kaufman getting up and talking. And if you don't think my knees, so awesome. my knees are knocking, but it's really an honor. The honor is duplicated by sitting here with you because you were a guy who checked me out 20 years ago, yeah. went and bought a $300 book at, in Oklahoma at the university out there because I said to, and you're one of the few who read it. It was on mycotoxins, and folks, those of you who don't know, fungus, you know, are like bacteria. Uh, Only bacteria don't have a nucleus and a rigid cell wall, and and fungi do. So fungi are very much like human cells. Uh, Fungi emit a poison. This is a brand new 1962 discovery out of England. We didn't know this before all these turkeys died of eating peanuts. Mm. We never knew that fungus emit a poison. And it's not a fungus emits a poison, it's lots of fungus. We think 300 of them now, we have classified as pathogenic, emit lots of poisons, a thousand or more. Because one fungus, uh, like Fusarium or Aspergillus, can make 15 or 20 of these poisons. Mm. So one of the slides I give to these doctors says, how are we getting into these mycotoxins? You almost hear a smirk out of the audience. We're eating them. If you had a bowl of cereal today or a bagel or ate pancakes this morning, you got these poisons in your diet. And they've all been cool, Kyle. Not one mm. doctor has come up and said, you son of a gun, you know, you're a lead. Although I will say this, I was at one of your CME lectures. And you did your lecture, the keynote address, uh, over dinner. So everybody, and I noticed that the further you went on, when you got to the food part, all of a sudden the clinking and clanking of silverware just stopped. (laughs) Because what people were eating was diametrically opposed to everything that you were talking about. Do you remember that? It was like accidentally seeing your pastor at the dog truck or something. (laughs) Do you remember that uh, that ad? You're killing yourself. No, stop. That's what I think. That was the greatest audience, was it? Oh, he's great. A few hundred of our best friend doctors. You remember what happened after? They came up and hugged us and said that was the You were done at 6 o'clock. You left at midnight, I think. Uh, There were so many questions afterwards. But the point has always been, we're not eating these. The FDA, the USDA, so many regulatory agencies, we're not eating these. And then comes this study. Could I hand this to you? Please. Um, The headline here is mycotoxins, and it says large U.S. crop yield. Now, this is done by a company called Alltech, and they are 
uh, not here in America. But they analyzed American food, American <laughs> grain, American corn, and they came up with this. Large U.S. crop yield mycotoxins remain a threat. Take a look at Let this, Let me see Kyle. this. And and so, I've highlighted yeah. in bold and underscored okay. what I think you... So what's your initial... You're looking through it the, quick. So there was... A, the result from the analysis of a lot of samples in the U.S. showed <laughs> nearly 18% contained six to seven mycotoxins. Each. 42% had four or five mycotoxins. Thir less than 2% of crops had zero mycotoxins. Zero or one. Zero or one. So, so basically every, all crops, uh, we're talking about grains, Mostly, or uh, wheat. Yeah, yeah wheat. Uh, lar large vo volumes of wheat. Think about this, Kyle. Wheat. Everybody's on the gluten-free diet. They're yeah. staying off wheat, and they're saying, wow, I must be gluten-sensitive. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You stopped eating mycotoxins that are poisons, and you're feeling but, uh, better. Can I just thank you for that? Because uh, I did something uh, a few weeks ago on the radio show where I was showing that, like, 1% of the population has an actual clinical gluten problem, 1%. And yet 40% of Americans are eating gluten-free. <laughs> and they're feeling better, by the and way. And they're feeling better. And so uh, that's exactly what I asked them. I said, look, if 39, if 100 people are listening to the show and 40 of you are, uh, are on gluten-free and you're all feeling better, but only one of you actually has a gluten problem, what are the other 39? Why are you feeling better? And it's because of this study. It's because mycotoxins are creating every problem. And as I'm looking at this, this read, I read the do you there, mind? Yeah, the, I was going to no, say, can that. I read this? Yeah. Um, it, it, let me just say that the uh, all of the things that you think are associated with gluten. If you don't have a gluten problem, but yet all of those things are going away when you go gluten-free, the reason is because you're staying away from fungus. Here is the final final sentence. Wow, I this feel is vindicated. Big. I was going to say that. this this should make you feel good about yeah. your whole career. Final sentence: the results have been drastic production lo uh, losses, loose manure, edema, bloat, conception problems, abortion bloodshot eyes, bleeding from the ears, bleeding from nasal passages, and even high mortality rates, along with false positive antibiotic tests uh, within milk from all of these animals that are consuming these grains. In other words, everything that you are experiencing in terms of symptoms, those of you who have chronic pain in your digestive system, those of you who are for some reason having ringing in your ears, those of you Look, loose who stools. can't, loose stools, yeah. uh, 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 or constipation, yep. that's the other yep. side of yep. it. Uh, those of you who are having problems conceiving. Why did I lose this child? Why did God take this child away from me? I spontaneously aborted. That's what happens to cows and horses and pigs when they get wheat, mycotoxins in their diet. And your gynecologist will say, well, sometimes this just happens. We don't know why. This is extraordinary because this, this is the kind of study, minus that last sentence, that you have been exposing for 45 years. And that last sentence was never in all of these studies. You were the one that put together the, the last sentence for people. And Kyle, truthfully with the listeners, it's still not 
This takes place in cows and pigs and chickens right, when right, they right. eat these microtoxins. True. You're not going to have an OBGYN, a general practitioner, an infectious disease guy that publishes. By the way, when my patients eat wheat, they have loose stools or constipation, they spontaneously abort, they vomit, they bleed from their ears or their nose, and yet it happens in farm animals. Why wouldn't it happen? But dang it, what bugs me about what you just said is that you're right, no gynecologist, no OB guy, yep. no general practice uh, yep. practitioner is gonna look at this and say, okay, I'm gonna change what I recommend for my patient. Okay, fair enough, you're waiting for it to be a study in humans. Well, guess what? We're only 16 years out or so of when the Mayo Clinic did do it on humans, right. and they did find that virtually all upper respiratory infections are from uh, mycotoxins, not bacteria, from fungus instead of bacteria. They have discovered this in humans, but I bet if you go to that clinic today, they're still gonna give you an antibiotic. Not one doctor I know of other than, well, I know one. I know Dr. Lynn Jennings, I know yep, John Ganino, yep. I know Roby Mitchell, you know, there are some. But I'm saying that in mass, Physicians have not changed their prescribing habits even when human studies do come out. Is, and that's what bugs me. Kyle, is ignorance or resistance, or can I mention these five words? What's the reason they're not, in, they're not uh, passionately following this? These five words, well people don't come back. So are they resistant to it? Because their medical education said point blank. You darn well better prescribe, there's what, 18,000 antibiotics? You darn well better prescribe tons of antibiotics. Uh, don't worry, they don't hurt anybody. Um, or is it, you know, my patients are doing well and you know, I'm just- And there's more, by, nobody's patients are doing well. My, I'm sorry, I know too many doctors. My sister uh, uh, is the office manager at a, at a physician's. She does not buy the natural health thing at all. She doesn't buy that with me. She loves me. We love each other, but she doesn't buy it. But after working at the doctor's office for just a few years, she said, look, I'm not into natural health, but you're not joking when you say that people don't get better. Yeah. Nobody gets better. They have some symptom reduction perhaps, but people aren't getting better. But I gotta tell you, when I see, um, there, there, there's another side to why this isn't mm -hmm. happening, and mm -hmm. I see it with, a certain nurse practitioner that I know, who uh, began prescribing more antifungals. Well, guess what happened? Uh, the insurance companies that uh, reimburse her decided that they don't want her around anymore. Yep, yep. And so an insurance company dropped her. Mm -hmm. Not just any, but one of the biggest ones in the United States. Mm -hmm. So that means that she can either play the game and prescribe antibiotics and keep a thriving practice or lose, lose her, her, her entire livelihood. And bless her heart, she has chosen to put her livelihood at risk and do the right thing. Now, I'm not saying that every doctor who refuses to do that isn't doing the right thing. I'm saying a lot of these doctors have not been compelled enough uh, by, by uh, looking at the science that you're looking at to make that decision. They're saying, well, look, uh, you know, maybe that's true of farm animals, but I'm not gonna put my whole career at risk um, by doing this. The point, though, is, is that, yeah, there's a lot of things out there. There's a lot of reasons why doctors, even if they're exposed to this, they 
sometimes have their whole careers put at risk by whether or not they play the game that the insurance companies are telling them to play. If you start uh, doing tests for fungus, we're not going to cover those tests. If you start prescribing a lot of Diflucan, we're not going to cover that anymore. We're not going to let you be a provider for us anymore. And so 80% of your patients no longer can use insurance at your clinic. That's a big problem. I discovered this antidotally. I was working uh, in LA with a doctor who let me uh, prescribe Nystatin to his allergic patients, Hmm. and the results were staggering. And I thought, yeah, I thought, you gotta be kidding me. So this antifungal drug Nystatin is helping allergy patients. All it does is kill yeast and fungus. Then I went on to a doctor out here in Dallas who brought me into his practice. And he, one night, I'll never forget, at, after five o'clock, we sat down, he said, Doug, come on in, he closed his door. I thought, oh gosh, I'm getting fired. <laughs> uh, and he said, what are you doing? Hmm. And I said, what? And David said, uh, last week was lymphoma that's much better according to her oncologist. Um, you know, this, this psoriasis, I'm now totally convinced, is a fungus. Um, what in the heck? I graduated from Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. I am an A-rated physician, and I've never been able to get patients better like this. And by the way, guys listening, all of you and and Kyle, we didn't have these papers. We didn't have these papers that had come out then saying, "Uh uh-oh, mycotoxins in our corn and our wheat and our grain supply are killing cows, but don't worry, you'll be okay eating them. <laughs> we didn't have, here's a study that just came out that I wanna to talk to you about on another. By the um, way, if that were if that were water, uh, these <laughs> right. cows are drinking the water and they're dropping dead, but don't worry, you'll don't be fine. Worry, you'll Nobody, be fine. no yeah. human would drink the water, but we continue to eat the wheat. Right? <laughs> here's a study, fungus in humans identified for the first time as a key factor in Crohn's disease. This wasn't out, and yet we were helping Crohn's patients. I published on Crohn's in the year 1999. Is that, that when it was that a came fungal out? disease? Wow. So it was serendipitous. It was a serendipitous discovery. Look, I wonder how many people have fungal problems. Oh, the government thinks 1%, maybe vaginal yeast, maybe ringworm. So I began putting people on my, on my what we called phase one. Now we name it the Kaufman diet. And I'll be darned if his patients, skin patients, you cannot believe the results he saw. Leading him to sit in a chair one day with his big white coat on, you know, the, the head of dermatology, saying, what the heck are you doing, Doug? Mm. I'm putting these people on antifungals. And he learned very quickly, insurance is not gonna pay for any antifungal mm. uh, medication at all because people don't have fungal problems. When you're a pharmacy that owns 18,000 antibiotics, and six antifungals. You darn well better fund medical schools and teach them fungus is no problem. Bacteria is a huge problem. And that's precisely what we're dealing with, I believe, today. Well, I, I, I tend to understand why there are so many people, uh, so many pra- practicing physicians who, A, are never exposed to this information. I mean, nobody walks in to yep. a far- We were gonna do something on the TV show years ago, just to do almost like a funny piece, a satire, skit, right. yeah, satire thing, where all these drug reps are sitting in a doctor's office with their blue suits and red ties on, and uh, somebody's sitting there, also awaiting to see a doctor who's holding a basket with blueberries and strawberries. Nobody's. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're going to come in and see the doctor on behalf of Mother Nature. Or, yes. You know, uh, nobody does that. So it's. 
the life of a, phys- uh, of a physician is a tough one. You've got uh, hundreds of uh, hours doing clinical work. Then you've got to read as much as you can. Then you've got to do CME credits. And basically, you have to narrow down the breadth of information. There are one million new studies that come out every single year. Mm-hmm. One million. If you spent the rest of your life just trying to read the million right. that came out this year, <laughs> yeah. it's going to take two lifetimes to do it. I understand those docs who don't know. Uh, I, I get a little uh, heated when doctors who do know, um, but you can tell their self-interest, and, and so they're going to fight us a little bit. Yes. That bugs me a little bit. That gets yeah. under yeah. my skin. But I do understand it when people are saying, look, I can't even survive as a doctor if I try to do this. Uh, every, my entire practice goes to... Yeah, and it would, uh, insurance away. would quit paying you if you begin yeah, diet it's and tough. supplements. It's and so tough. Forth. By the way, let me close on this You've always said this, though. You've always said, you're kind of on our, uh, we're, all, we're all kind of on our own here. You've said it, and that is so true. It's never been more true. We are on our own. You're looking at a guy, Kyle, who is 67 years young, who got out this morning on my maxi stretcher and did, you know, 20 minutes on that. And is that then that climber thing? The maxi climber, yeah. This wow. thing is an amazing. Boy, it kicks you. That's kind of cool. But it works out your whole body. Who eats differently? I had a grapefruit. Mm. Uh, than other 67-year-old guys. I don't touch alcohol, right? I'm away from grains. I feel better at 67 than I did when I was drinking beer and eating sandwiches, you know, at 30 years old. We are on our own. A doctor's not going to teach you this. So the take-home message today, all of you listening, is be careful with grains. Now that you know that the U.S. grain supply is almost universally contaminated with mycotoxins, I know there's the immunologic argument. Well, when I eat these poisons, I make antibodies to them and I render them harmless in my body. That's the way the immune system should work. The bad news, most mycotoxins are immunosuppressive. So they're gonna take you down eventually. Be careful, I think from time to time a pancake or bowl of cereal or something is probably all right. Not the mass consumption that we do with grains in America. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. I also like the pancake idea. Once in a while. (laughs) Let's go have pancakes. Doesn't that sound good? (laughs) Thank you for coming in. Thank you, Doug. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or tell a friend. For more, visit us online at knowthecause.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knowthecause.